0: FOREVER! Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast, Scary Scary Stories Stories to to Tell on the Pod. pod.
1: It is a comedy podcast about scary stories, urban legends, spooky things you tell us about. And Anna and I are two fearful comedy writers and performers. Um, But also, we spend most of our time shivering in corners because uh, that's how our brains work.
0: We're scared often and we laugh Often. <laughs> and we live and often. So it's live, laugh, scare.
1: Live, laugh, scare. Wow, that's a good pillow. Think about it. I wouldn't love that. <laughs> live, laugh, scare. Just year round. Like put it out at Easter so people are like, what? What? Um, all right. Anna, listen. Today's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. It's an urban legisode day. Mm-hmm. It is my turn. And this episode has a lot of moving parts. So <gasps> if you don't mind... Would you mind if I just dove in? Take me by the hand. <laughs> Wake me Let's up inside. Go. Yes. Um, all right. <laughs> so, uh, this this episode was inspired by an email we received from Leah, and it reads as follows. Hello, spooky hosts. I love your podcast. Especially so since I am a dramaturg and I feel a lot of <gasps> pride at my very niche skills whenever <laughs> you guys shout out my profession. <laughs> We're happy, Tulia. And we'll just keep doing it because we only know eight words. A
0: dramaturg is someone who does research for plays. That's correct. That's not Most people don't know that. But unfortunately, they, Andrew and I do.
1: We do. And sometimes they consult about a specific topic that they know about or uh, just give like they're just like a designated feedback person in the room. Um, I wanted to write in after this week's urban legisode featuring owls as harbingers of death. <gasps> yes. My grandfather spent his that's early bad. childhood. Oh, oh.
0: God. Sorry. Oh my God. That's my scary thing that happened this week. Siri thought I was saying yes. Girl, no one is talking to you.
1: Read need the to... room, Siri. This
0: is what I get for Apple watching. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I was so drawn in. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: My grandfather spent his early childhood on a Choctaw reservation until the reservation was disbanded by the government and the tribal members were given either a cow or a donkey and told to find somewhere oh. else to live insane this is a nightmare and it is continuing to happen to some degree and was happening like this very recently so God, damn uh it is just a full nightmare awful um i'm so sorry Leah. it was not a, real, a good
0: trade-off
1: not a good trade-off uh it was a real trash moment in texas history Ugh. even after moving to cream cheese suburbia <laughs> <laughs> my favorite town. Oh. He made sure to pass on much of his beliefs, and we grandkids were taught from a young age that an owl in your tree is there to bring a member of your household over <gasps> to the afterlife. Oh! The few times we saw owls, my grandpa had us kids run outside and shout and jump around until the owl flew away. <laughs> oh my god. I'm sure our neighbors were entertained. We were also taught that birds that nested in your trees could be ancestors coming to look in on you. That's so nice. I love that. When my papa passed away, a cardinal started nesting in my favorite big tree in our front yard. My father told me it was my grandfather come back to check on us and encouraged me to talk to the bird about my life. This seemed totally normal to me, and I didn't realize until middle school that not everybody had to tell a cardinal in their front yard when they got (laughs) all A's on a report card. (laughs) You have to tell the birds. (laughs) Tell the birds. You must. Even now, as a thirty-something in my own cream cheese suburban neighborhood, I still love Cardinals and I still shoot owls away from my house. Thank you for all your hard work. The show has been a real bright spot during this shit-ass year. Hope this finds you well, <laughs> Leah. She her. Yeah,
0: Leah. I love shit-ass as a word. I <laughs> Thank do you too, for that,
1: especially to describe this year. Um, God bless. And this is such a great story. Uh, and what a night that! Uh, I really love that. I really love that as like birds are old relatives coming to check on you because also it can be a great comfort and also it can be annoying just like real relatives.
0: Yeah, it's like no one called for you. Why are you here? But I love yeah, I know. I know some people who think that um, a cardinal is a deceased relative returning to say hi. Um, I,
1: yeah, I thought that was really, I thought that was really nice. nice and it, it did inspire me because I know last week's urban legisode was uh bird centric It was, um, and I thought this week we would focus on another creepy bird and that bird, Anna is the raven. <gasps> yes. I love this. Oh, this is fun. Okay, cool. So we're going to be exploring raven lore across the world today. Um, and the, the sources I'm drawing from are an article in the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Good. Um, and an article in the Seattle Times by Miranda Villard-Lewis and our favorite book, Wikipedia. Great. Because of its black plumage, croaking call, and diet of carrion, the raven is often associated with loss and ill omen. Yet its symbolism is complex. As a talking bird, the raven also represents prophecy and insight. Did you know that ravens can talk? Excuse me? The ravens can talk. <laughs> they can say words.
0: I don't like that. They can't they're say They're too
1: smart. That's the thing. They're they're incredibly smart birds. I remember we talked about owls are no good at problem solving. Ravens amazing at problem solving.
0: I'm not yeah, I mm-hmm. I'm personally uncomfortable with how smart ravens are and also how big they are. Oh, they're huge. Bad combo. I also, I don't like that they can also talk. That seems like too powerful.
1: It's, I don't think they're like talking to communicate. I think it's like they're mimics and they can like, if you're training a a raven, you can train them to say a few words. Oof. Um, raven. Please don't. (laughs) Please. Oh, please put your time towards something else.
0: You gotta not.
1: Um, Anna, this word blew my mind. Ravens and stories often act as psychopomps. (laughs) Psycho, excuse me? Psychopomps. Um, Pomps? Psychopomps. P-O-N-P-S. P-O-N-P-S. Okay. Uh, and that. I, that. Okay. Um, a psychopomp, everybody, is a, a Greek word literally meaning the guide of souls.
0: <gasps> I, If I were 22 years old, I would be getting this tattooed on my body. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. No. It's just at a all. good word. Psychopomp. Psychopomp. Oh. Thank Um, God for Psychopomp. um,
1: Psychopomp sounds like a type of like hardcore German music that um, club kids in 2048 are going to love. Yeah. Um, Psychopomp. So in Greek mythology, ravens are associated with Apollo, the god of prophecy, and they're said to be a symbol of bad luck because they (laughs) were like messengers from the gods usually coming to give you bad news. This, Anna, I do not remember from um, Vacation Bible School or Church. But in the book of Genesis, Noah releases a raven from the ark after the great flood before a dove to test, to test whether the waters have receded. But the raven does not return to him because it feeds on corpses of those drowned in the flood. Oh, Rude. Rude deeply rude. Um, In the Talmud, the raven is described as having been only one of three beings on Noah's Ark that copulated during the flood and so Uh, was punished. (laughs) What is going on? Who cares? It's a flood. Who cares? The world is ending. It's raining outside. Who cares if some birds are doing it? Ease up. I'm dying to know who the other two animals were, though. What's oh, I guess? just assumed it was three ravens, which is like
0: inherently oh. not what the numbering was on Noah's Ark.
1: Kinky ravens.
0: Kinky. They were like,
1: no, listen, we have a third. It's uh, you, either get two of, you either get three of us or none of us.
0: It's equitable. It's not like primary and secondary. We don't do that.
1: <laughs> um, in the Quran's version of the story of Cain and Abel, a raven is mentioned as the creature who teaches Cain how to bury his murdered brother.
0: Oh wait! You would need this for our last story. I know. We're about I know. We wouldn't Monday, be good at burying a body. Yeah. I need a
1: raven to teach me how to bury a body in my dreams.
0: Apparently, you do.
1: Uh, Shani, the sometimes feared Hindu deity of karma, retribution, and justice, is often uh, represented as being mounted on a giant black raven or crow. Um, and I think it's sometimes feared because, like, because this is the god of of karma. It's like. If you've done some bad things and Shawnee's coming to see you, it's not good news. But if you've done good things, Ugh. then you're all set. Then it's good? Then it's good. Well,
0: God, I would just think that I was in trouble all the time. I
1: know. This would be, I mean, the presence, I, I any sort of deity coming to visit me, I would be unnerved. Of course. Um, uh, the Raven also has a prominent role in the beliefs of many indigenous peoples of the Pacific Northwest Coast. Uh, for instance, in the Hlingit culture, there is the creator raven, responsible for bringing the world into being, and who is sometimes considered the individual who brought light to the darkness. But the other is the childish raven, always selfish, sly, conniving, and hungry, which, tag yourself.
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't know what you're going to get with these ravens. That's such. Those are know. such different vibes.
1: And in that Seattle Times article um, by Miranda Villard Lewis, the, the title is There are many versions of the Tlingit Raven Story, but its truth and hopeful message are universal. Um, and basically, it was a really interesting article about how um, with within that culture there are these like different tellings of raven stories that all kind of encompass like the richness of the tradition. Um, But also there are a lot of times when indigenous stories are appropriated by white authors to like be included in like folklore and like scary stories books, which I know, I know um, there are some in the scary stories told in the dark series, which is a whole whole old can of worms. It really is. Um, And then primarily like our like spooky kooky association with Ravens in America Um, as being like, um, you know, like Edgar Allan Poe type Halloween figures, that stems from the fact that ravens feature very heavily in Celtic mythology and are usually associated with darkness and death. Um, For instance, the Celtic war goddesses typically took the form of ravens after battle. Um, And that ravens were sometimes considered to be like possessed by the spirits of like uh, uh, warriors who died in battle.
0: Wow. Well, like uh, okay, okay. I
1: oh, get it. this one's wild. The raven was the totem of the Welsh god Bran the Blessed. <laughs> how how are you gonna be a deity named Bran? I mean, it makes me think of Bran the Broken from
0: freaking Game of Thrones, wow. which I've never been more mad.
1: He falls out of a window. He does Yeah. Um, He's blat. In my experience, most brands I've met have been blessed. Um, yeah, but Bran the Blessed was the giant protector of the Brits. Uh, after the after the battle with Ireland, Bran was decapitated, and Anna, his head became an oracle. Oh. Eventually, Bran asked to have his head buried in what is now Tower Hill in London to protect Britain from invasion. Or so the after
0: story his head was chopped off, he was like, would you mind putting it?
1: <laughs> Everybody, if you can communicate your burial preferences after your head has been decapitated, I have some questions. I just
0: don't. Don't be bossy now. You're don't be, ahead.
1: Don't be bossy now. Um, But Anna, here's the wildest part. Seven of Bran's ravens are kept there to this day as protection against invasion. Six are needed, or the crown will fall. Which, by the way, you know. I after, mean, after the Oprah interview, check on the Ravens, everybody. It look, uh, the, uh, just think about that. <laughs> um, it was and where are these Ravens again? In the tower in Tower Hill. In oh in yeah, the, in yeah.
0: Yeah. London. Yeah. yeah, the I was there, and I knew that the Ravens were involved, but That's I didn't realize it was from a guy.
1: Wild. That a head told them make sure there are ravens there, or your whole country's gonna fall. Yeah, um, it was said that Charles II ordered their removal following complaints from John Flamsteed, the royal astronomer.
0: <laughs> John Flamsteed, these I'll ravens,
1: yeah, like they keep shitting on my instruments.
0: Oh my god! Of course, and of
1: course, the they're, astronomer. Would they're be
0: smart. They're pooping. They're doing puzzles. <laughs> they're talking.
1: They're they're most of my friends' babies on Instagram that that have come about since quarantine, yeah. Yeah. Um, However, they were not removed because Charles was was then told of the legend. But during World War II, Tower Hill was bombed and the Ravens were lost. Winston Churchill, knowing full well the legend, ordered the immediate replacement of Ravens and they were brought to Tower Hill from Celtic lands, the Welsh Hills and Scottish Highlands. Wow. Wow. Oh, but to immediately undercut this, uh, historians now think that the legend only goes back to the 1800s, but it's a good story.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There weren't birds before then.
1: (laughs) Famously, famously birds are a result of the Industrial Revolution. They are. Um, In Irish myths, banshees can take the shape of a raven. One crying over your house is an omen of death. Um, Anna, we've just, we, last week was St. Patrick's Day. Um, or was it this week? It was last week.
0: It was last week for the people listening. Correct.
1: Um, and Chris and I watched, uh, an old movie that I, my family would watch every St. Patrick's Day called Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Do you know this Disney movie?
0: I've heard of it. Yes.
1: It's one of the wildest movies I've ever seen. First of all, young Sean Connery plays a love interest and is the most attractive person. I, I <gasps> don't understand. I don't Sounds
0: get it. devastating.
1: It's it was distracting to watch. Um but the Banshee features very heavily in it. Um and also the Duna Dane, which is one of the headless ghosts we covered uh in our headless ghost episode several months ago. Wow. Yeah. See, we got you guys covered
0: very nicely
1: we're taking care of you when it comes to Celtic ghosts. Um, So what's interesting about all of these um, different cultures from around the world and this like duality of Ravens and also them being associated with both death and wisdom. uh, French anthropologist, Claude Levi Strauss proposed that um, the Raven obtained this overarching myth- mythic status from culture to culture, because it is observable as a mediator between life and death, that wherever there is death, there are Ravens like picking at the bones. Sure. Um, but also they're so intelligent and curious and full of life. Um, they're not like, Hulking vultures that we see, you know, right. um, their energy is something very different. And also because they can be trained and very often they are in close proximity to humans, um, that makes us feel more of a kinship with them.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. They're a little bit more pigeony.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw some ravens uh, at Yosemite Park not too long ago, and it was astounding how smart they were like knowing just where to be. They could like anticipate when people were going to drop a French fry. Like they just get humans. They just observe and remember.
0: I'm sure also in Yosemite that they're, they're like so attuned. I had a, like along the path, the trails, like the hiking trails, the animals are like peopleified. Like Uh I had a a squirrel. I sat down with a backpack on my back and it like hopped up and was working at the zipper (gasps) to like get in. I was Uh like, you're a person now.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And they're not even as smart as ravens are, so it sounds terrifying.
1: I watched this video, Anna, of ravens figuring out how to... There was like a floating treat in water at the bottom of a glass, but it couldn't get down to get it. And it figured out to fill the glass with pebbles so that the water would rise and it could get the treat. I wouldn't be able to figure that out. No! I can't. Oh my God. The, the concept of of water displacement very foreign to me. I I can't figure out how mu- how much to fill up my tub to accommodate for my body. Like that is no, never. It's it's a, a absolutely all over the map. I know. I have a sickness where when I get in the tub, no matter how high it is, I'm like, mm, this could be higher. <laughs>
0: That's cute. Jason and I have absolutely different body masses. And then when he's in the bath and I also get in with him, it's like a full nightmare situation.
1: (laughs) I just I I think it's helpful to me that I don't understand uh, displacement so that I'm like, well, it doesn't matter. It it just it could be anything. It's probably my shoulders, you know. (laughs) Sounds Um, right. Anna. we also received now I'm getting a little off the topic of Ravens here.
0: Okay, that's okay. But we're, we're leaving we're, ravens behind, and we thank them for their service.
1: We are venturing into the world that we did cover last week, but the response has been quite positive, and um, there are so many good birds out there. Uh friend of the pod, Matt Morrow, who is famously son yes. of Aldad. Aldad. He, <laughs> he wrote in- He wrote in- Um, saying that he was a a bird fanatic and that he has seen 463 species of birds and (gasps) has taken multiple (sighs) vacations solely based around birding. Um, so so Anna, uh, he also, he also wanted to point out that the great horned owl, which is the, the one that like didn't make any noise. That's the like classic hoot noise that we associate with owls. Got it. Um, But he sent some uh, funny slash spooky bird sounds. And I was hoping that you and I could um, listen to them. They're just three. So it's nothing too crazy. Please do. So this first one is the long-tailed duck. I'm going to, it sounds like there's cute music behind it. I'm going to fast forward to. (laughs) I was
0: going to say, that's amazing. Okay. (laughs) Ready? Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, I'll go first because I know that you'll be better. Please. (laughs) (laughs) that's very good. (laughs) I'm actually impressed. Like, you don't know how it's gonna sound when you when you make a sound. Anna, that's better. I already know that's better than what I can do. I can say No, you've got it. That is literally perfect. Andrew.
1: Anna, you've got Andrew. Okay, thank you very
0: much. I'll be honest with you. You that was perfect.
1: I will say the long-duck owl sounds like sounds like um someone walking in a hurry and suddenly their purse strap broke. Oh, oh. Oh. Ah! <laughs> it's exactly.
0: You're surprised cuz you didn't think that it was something that could happen.
1: Uh oh, Anna. Okay, I did I will ad- I will admit I listened to this one beforehand. Anna. This is the weirdest bird noise I've ever heard. Okay. This is the American bittern. Oh. Hold on, hold on.
0: Oh. No, this bird is unlocking his car. What kind of Mario Kart noise is this?
1: Uh. 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 What? Uh. It's like a snap and a, and a, uh. If I heard that, I'd be like, am I in the mushroom kingdom? What is going on here?
0: Snap, uh, come on. Snap, be crazy.
1: Ooh. Um, okay. that was really good. Um, this one is this is our final one, <laughs> which which Matt list says number one in terms of spooky, uh, slash funny. This is I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, this is the willow ptarmigan. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> wait
0: it revs up
1: Uh, 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 (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 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 (laughs) (laughs) it sounds
0: like it's doing a weird Woody Allen impression
1: this is an angry little Italian dad like an Italian American dad (laughs) And someone's about to spill something on his car. Yes. Oh, no, no. 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 Yeah, it's a little Jimmy Stewarty too. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, no, 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 no. That is crazy. The, this is a sound that my dad made one time when I I uh, spilled a Dr Pepper on his papers on the kitchen table. And it yes. was it was followed by it was started, it was followed by him saying Jesus Christ. So it was like oh no no, 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 no. Jesus Christ. Like that was the so that's sure. all that the Ptarmigan is missing. Um that sounds right. So Anna oh my God. Yeah, that's been that's been our trip down another spooky bird lane. <laughs> it's
0: good.
1: I love bird lane. <laughs> so thank you to Leah and Matt for your contributions today. They were invaluable and a very a, a very classic dramaturg move to um, provide rich background to create a more satisfying uh, creative experience.
0: Yes. Thank you, Leah. And thank you, Matt Morrow.
1: I know our our resident uh, burger. Our
0: our bird king.
1: <laughs> um uh Anna, I think because that's all finished up and we've got some time left, it might be time for our favorite segment. Scary, Scary ideas for things, for things that, that could, could happen. happen. Uh, yes. Do you have an impulse whether you want to go first or second?
0: I want to go second. Okay. <gasps> that just came out. I love it. Are that. you okay? Yeah. Are no, you okay? That's great.
1: Um, okay. Again, I'm taking inspiration from uh, my surroundings, so I'm just going to jump in and we're going to see where we end up. Okay. You've bought some adorable little oranges that you saw at a farmers market. Sorry,
0: my throat just <laughs> made a sound.
1: you just made <laughs> you absolutely just made, made a, a combination cell. of the ptarmigan and the Oh
0: no bl- 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 no <laughs> i'm bird i said a bird
1: spell and now i'm bird Honestly, oh, this honestly, sucks ass that yeah that's my that's my scary idea for something that could happen um <laughs> freaking hate my stupid life are, sorry you you are a dignified person uh politely listening <laughs> to um to uh, someone stumble across a spooky thing that they're trying to say. And instead from the deep bowels of your body comes. (laughs) That that could could happen.
0: happen. (laughs) Oh my God. You have to write down whatever you're going to say and use it for next week. I can't believe it. My body betrayed me. This is humiliating.
1: I had nothing. I I truly am just looking at a bowl of little oranges I bought. And um, a bowl
0: of oranges and your friend is crazy. (laughs) No. Okay. Uh, yeah, oh, sorry. Go ahead, please. Oh, my God. Okay, okay. Okay, here we go. You broke your leg, and you can't leave your apartment for a while, and you have your housekeeper who comes in and cooks and cleans, and um, you have your sort of your girlfriend who kind of visits, but you become obsessed with your neighbor out the back alley, and all you have is a pair of binoculars... And a camera. And one night you witness your neighbor in the dark doing the (laughs) Macarena to the song Mambo Number 5. That That could could happen. happen. Very scary. That
1: is scary. Just because why that song? Why pick it?
0: The wrong song, The Right Area.
1: Yeah, that feels right. Unbelievable. Oh, Mambo number five. I, for some reason, knew every word to that song because I guess it was on all the time and was played at every sixth grade dance. It was
0: taught to us. We said it as the pledge of allegiance.
1: <laughs> I, weirdly, I also knew someone who was very proud that they had learned it in American Sign Language. Mambo number five. Yes. Oh, that's great. Which I, I I'm, I wish I could remember how what it what it looked like when it would happen. Because um, all the names, that's so much to cover. Yeah,
0: names are sort of variable.
1: Yeah. But it's great. You learn to count. Yep, yep. That's One, great. One, two,
0: three, four, five. It, it, oh, that is, what a great place to start. There's really long <laughs> instrumental sections,
1: too, for <laughs> a, a <laughs> sign language song. For you to, you know, for you to take a little break. <laughs> Just,
0: oh, you know what? I, pro- I bet they danced. It's sort of a groove moment.
1: Oh, yeah. That's yep, great. yep, yep. Um, well, Anna, well, thank you for letting me share a bunch of spooky bird facts today.
0: Andrew, thank you for always bringing the birds. It's <laughs> uh, a podcast about birds.
1: That's true. It's, we're starting a new podcast called We Heard Birds. Yeah, and this is the first and last episode of it. <laughs> um, and if you liked listening to us today and you don't already, you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Story underscore pod.
0: Or you could send us your scary stories like um, Matt and Leah did, um, or just sort of spooky information yes. um, at our email, which is scarystorypod at gmail.com. And one more
1: thing you could do for us:
0: get, get out. out forever.
1: Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Scary Stories to
0: Tell on the Pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey Produced by Tracy Soren Original theme music by Chris Ryan Cover art by Bats Langley To listen to this podcast ad-free sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news.